Hey guys, this is Don Airy from Deep Purple and you are listening to the Deep Purple Podcast. It's been a pleasure. You're listening to the Deep Purple Podcast, a fan podcast about one of the most legendary bands of all time, Deep Purple. We take a look at the music, history, and people behind the band Deep Purple and beyond. Welcome to the Deep Purple Podcast, the first and only podcast devoted to one of the greatest bands in rock history, Deep Purple. Today's episode is episode number 242, Living Loud, live at the Sydney Fox Studios. And coming to you from the suburbs of Chicago, where the dogs are still in heat, I'm your host, Nathan Beaudry. And coming to you from the suburbs of Providence, I'm your co-host, John, Mr. Peanut Butter Matola. <laughs> and coming to you from the suburbs of the suburbs of Providence, South Kingstown, Rhode Island, I'm Scott Beejan. And I don't have a funny catchphrase, guys. Sorry. All right. Well, that's pretty good. So, Scott, yeah. you haven't been on the show in like 180 episodes or something. Yeah. Okay. And we've been yeah. saying like sounds about right. We've been saying, Oh, you we, we should get you back on the show. You should get back on the show. And this just shows you like I think doing this religiously every week really uh emphasizes how long you can procrastinate something. <laughs> Cause when you put it in those terms, it's been like a long time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I suppose it has been been a while. The the uh, page, uh, co- I'm sorry, the Coverdale page episode, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the that was the that was our um, that was a teaching episode. Yeah, it was the one where we learned you can't do a modern <laughs> '90s era CD in one episode without killing no, yourself. No, 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 no. You you can, but you shouldn't. Yeah, even when John and I do <laughs> oh, it, albums shorter yeah. than that, now we break it up into two episodes, and that's oh, yeah. without the third point of view. So, ah, uh, okay, yeah, I remember <laughs> it going pretty long. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty long. It was over three hours. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's interesting. Definitely could have been two episodes. But um, welcome back. What, so uh, what a... Thank you. So Scott and I and John and we've all, we all kind of met roughly around the same time within a couple of years. But um, hmm. known you for forever. I think you, I met you in what, fifth grade? That's right. When you came to, to regular school? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> with, with us fools and um so tell uh tell the listeners a little bit about um what you do musically what your projects are what you're working on all that sort of stuff sure yeah i um for over 20 years now i played drums for Badfish, the sublime tribute band uh we started in yeah two, we started in 2001 here in rhode island and we've kind of developed ourselves into a nationally touring, self-sustaining tribute band to the music of Sublime, which if you don't know, is a sort of a mid nineties. Uh, well, they, they gained national popularity in the mid nineties, uh, doing sort of a rock reggae, ska fusion, uh, Southern California band. Uh, and they still have basically kind of a cult following to this day. And we're able to tour around playing the music and having a good time with all of the fans that they still have, which is great for us. Uh, so yeah, that's my job and that's been my job now for a while. And I'm also a, a, a budding young tech entrepreneur. <laughs> yes. <and laughs> uh, I have a, have a new, uh, mobile app called clip clash that I've been, uh, just on the verge and I'm on the cusp of launching a test, 
testing phase four. So that's pretty exciting. That was sort of a COVID project for me that's finally come to uh, fruition or close to fruition. And uh, yeah, that takes up a pretty good chunk of my time. Besides that, just living here in South Kingston, Rhode Island with my family, my two kids, my wife. Beautiful. And uh, yeah, so you're what we in the business refer to as a geriatric tech bro. Yeah, sure. I'll take that. <laughs> Jerry, yeah. That's what I remember when Jen was pregnant. They, they I, like she was. How old was she when she was pregnant with the boys? I think she was like thirty-two or something. And they referred to it as a geriatric pregnancy, and she was so pissed. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's tough. That's like the technical term for it is a geriatric pregnancy. It's like how insulting can you be? Wow. Um, but yeah, well, welcome to the show. Um, uh, great to have you, you back. Thanks for having me. Always good. And, we, you know, when we were talking about this this topic, um, you, you know, we have a history of, of growing up listening to Ozzy and all that sort of stuff. So, um, mm. you know, we, we thought, hey, let's see if Scott wants to be on the show. Because um, we've covered some Ozzy stuff already, but this is a little unique because it's it's some half Ozzy material, half non-Ozzy material. Um some players from Ozzy, including, you know, uh, Bob Daisley, Lee Kerslake, and, and uh, Don Airy. Uh, but there's obviously a strong uh, Deep Purple connection. So we'll get into that in a bit. But uh, before we move on to that, I do have to um, do what I always do. And that is, of course, open up by telling you ways you can support our show. Um, if you want to support our show, one of the ways you can do it is by leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. The 100th five-star review will get a Deep Purple ditty bag filled with all sorts of deep purple podcast goodies um we still haven't pulled that hundredth review yet so keep writing them you might be the one um as when this episode comes out if you can believe it it's going to be december um so what a great way to celebrate christmas uh opening that with the family getting some deep purple swag i, I don't even know what it's going to be yet but but we'll send you some goodies I promise. Um, uh, one of the other ways you can support our show is buying some merch at our Etsy store. Just sent out a couple mugs uh, a little while ago to uh, to a listener. Um, we've got mugs and T-shirts and soon to have uh, winter hats. Maybe they'll be available by the time you hear this. Check out the store. Um, you can also become a patron on Patreon or on PayPal for as little as $1 a month. Help support the show. All the money goes right back to the show, helps us buy albums, helps us buy concert tickets, helps us uh, support our new computer fund. So make sure to uh, become a patron on Patreon or PayPal if you want to support the show. Um, and then you can donate on Cash App, dollar sign DPPOD, or on Ko-fi. Um, so we will get in a moment to uh, some of our patrons. But uh, before we do get that, we, of course, have to um, thank someone, and that is... A new patron. <laughs> if I can find it. New patron. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Yay. Ooh. Sound file number 472. New patron coming to us. Uh, this is at the one pound silly made up name tier. And the name is ICDC. So, uh... He wrote into us, uh, just kind of complimenting the show. He was actually just making his way through the Jesus Christ Superstar episode, so he's got a ways to go. Um, so thank you so much for supporting the show, ICDC, and we hope to uh, have you on board for many, many years. Thank you so much. Um, and before 
we continue, we of course have to thank our executive level patrons coming in at the In Memoriam tier, the late Gerald, Jerry Kelly, and family. Thank you so much for your support. At the $25 Uncommon Man tier, we have Ovis Nakvi and Purple Maniac. At the 15 Squid tier, we have Alan. Alan, ain't too proud to beg. At the $10 Good Doctor tier, we have the wonderful Dr. Mike Catan. At the Turn It Up to $11 tier, we have Clay Wambacher, Frank Tealgard Mortensen, Mickelstein, and Will Porter, PhDPP. At the $10 Someone Came tier, we have Ryan M., Jeff Bryce, Victor Campos, Better Call Saul Evans, and Peter from Illinois. And at the Hughesoween by 2033 tier, we have Fielding Fowler. So every every week, I don't remember until I read that name that I still have not shortened that clip. <laughs> or change the music. Or change the music December. or done anything. So yeah, it's, we'll, we'll be going well into uh, Valentine's Day with the Halloween music. Um, <laughs> um, and if you would like to check out like-minded podcasts, make sure to check out deepdivepodcastnetwork.com where all fine deep dive single band podcasts are found. And then uh, just one more thing before we move on to the meat of the program. And that is, of course, our favorite segment. That's Postcards from the Edge of Connecticut. As I reach over here. So this one uh, comes to us from uh, the Public House Historic Inn. A postcard. Uh, this is a great hearth in the taproom of Sturbridge, Massachusetts. Um, and it says, Nate, now here's a Sturbridge greeting for you, Pete. And it's got the appropriate, um, oh, you know what? It looks, oh, they, they did postmark it. So yeah, this is coming to us. Pete must have spent some time at, um, at a Sturbridge public house. So have you guys been to Sturbridge recently? No, I, I haven't. No. Probably not since I was in elementary school. Well, apparently Pete has. I don't know I've been. Pete, it's like a you? historic village type of place, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like colonial Williamsburg, but in Massachusetts. Mm. Um, uh, We are doing a live stream this episode, so the Gardo is in the chat, so maybe you can tell us if he was actually there recently or if he just found this in his archive of uh, historic postcards. But this one goes on the postcard box. Thank you so much, Pete. Appreciate it. All right, so here we are, guys. We are on to talk about Living Loud this project um, that happened as kind of um, kind of start. It started with Lee Kerslake and Bob Daisley um, talking about. Well, and, well, let's back up a little bit. In 2002, Ozzy, as you know, had the bass parts and drum parts redone uh, to, to cover up Lee Kerslake and Bob Daisley's parts on the first two Boo. albums. Boo. 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 So yeah, not a fan of that, but he did it. And is you know, anyone a fan of that? I don't think anyone's a fan of that. No, nobody. No. Oh, I think Ozzy and Sharon are because no. they get like whatever little tiny percentage of more royalties <laughs> for the albums that they sell in the future. But yeah, and they get to okay. you know rewrite history and all that other good stuff. Yeah, so. yeah. Nobody yeah, was no. asking for this. No, I think uh, I think I like. Uh, I might have listened to that. 
like when I found out about it at first, when, when did it come out? Early 2002. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then I heard it. I was like, nope. <laughs> yeah. I don't even think I got through. I don't know. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think so. It was more like it. And then I turned it off. So, yeah, yeah. I agree. It wasn't like, I don't know. I mean, it was, it was, it was stupid. And, uh, you know, obviously they got screwed out of their credits on Diary of a Madman in the first place and got credited to two people that weren't even on the album. And then they yeah. kind of did that. Um, and as right. Scott says in the chat, Scott Haskin, that is, he says, at least they made it right before Lee died. And, um, uh, they did. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, you know, as in, in Lee's twilight years, they finally gave him credit and gave him his gold record or whatever it was. And that's nice. But, you know, on the, on the, coming on the heels of all the shitty stuff they did. It's like, mm. you know, it's like I punch you in the face and then 20 years later I buy you some flowers. It's like, eh, okay, fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so that happened. So I guess, in, I don't know if they outright come and say it, but Bob Daisley and Lee Kerslake are talking. And they say, well, why don't we, since we wrote these songs, why don't we do our own version of it and put together a band. So they got together. And at first, apparently Bob Daisley was kicking around the idea of having a bunch of different guitarists come in, like have Steve Vai do a track or two, have uh, Steve Morris do a track or two, have Gary Moore come in, all these people. Um, And then eventually, I guess they just kind of hooked up with Steve Morris and said, well, no, this really works really well like this. So let's just keep it as a, as a band. Um, so uh, everyone that's listened to the show has heard the all of these names before. The only person I think we probably haven't talked about before was Jimmy Barnes, who does vocals. Um, and from the liner notes, um, it says, Australia's number one rock vocalist for over 20 years with a string of number one albums throughout his solo career and with his band Cold Chisel. Jimmy also has one of the highest selling albums by an Australian artist in history with Soul Deep, which was followed up in 2001 with the hit album Soul Deeper. Jimmy also is recorded with numerous artists, including In Excess, Tina Turner, Joe Cocker and Bon Jovi, just to name a few. So there's a little history on. Do you guys are familiar at all with Jimmy Barnes? I don't, I don't think so. I mean, uh, uh, none of that sounds familiar to be honest. Like, um, I don't think I've heard of him. Yeah. I wasn't ever familiar with him, but I did do a little, little bit of diving leading up to this just to see some of the background on this album and this project. And, um, that's not, um, like the, he is a legit Australian kind of superstar vocalist. It seems yeah. like those aren't, <laughs> those aren't made up stats. Like he had a lot of number one <laughs> records in his solo career. And I kind of just jumped into his discography today just for fun. And I think the guy's got a great voice and apparently he's got quite the, uh, quite the resume, especially in Australia. But, uh, but I'd never heard the name. I'd never heard his voice. Uh, so this is kind of cool actually. Yeah. 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 It's, 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 it's amazing. Like he's, he's really big. I saw him on, uh, there's a clip of him on like good morning, Australia, the, you know, GMA knockoff. And, um, yeah, he's there. Like he's huge. They're like, you know, they're like, it's like if, you know, Tom Cruise came by the GMA set, they're like, Oh, you know, Oh my God. Like it's Jimmy Barnes is here. So he's a big deal, you know? Um, and you know, I, I started following him years ago and I heard the connection. He did some stuff with John Lord. So I started following him and he's always, um, he had like a surgery like a couple years ago and had a good recovery, but he just seems like a really 
nice guy. Like he's always posting videos of himself, like in his garden, you know, coming in with fresh vegetables and cooking with his wife. Seems like he's seems like he's loving life. Um, and why wouldn't you when you're Australia's number one rock vocalist? Um, but sure. that's the that's the project. Um, we've got, uh, like I said, Steve Morse, Bob Daisley on bass, guitar, Lee Kerslake on drums, Don Airy on keyboards. Uh, um, and yeah, so it's basically the uh, Blizzard of Oz lineup with Jimmy Barnes and Steve Morse. So some people, but you've also got Bob Daisley and Lee Kerslake were in Uriah Heap together. So some people call this Heap Purple. Um, huh. But sorry, yeah, it's, <laughs> people are clever. Um, <laughs> Peter Gardo has heard of the character Cliff Barnes from Dallas. <laughs> I mean, it's. I guess it's a little more. Uh, was it heap purple? I, I like that better than when JLT was in deep purple. And they called it deep rainbow. Yeah, deep rainbow. It didn't work quite as well. Uh, Ooh, yeah. Not as clever. <laughs> um. All right. So, yeah, usually, you know, we kind of have a little bit more of a setup, but there's not really a ton of this. It's really just a, you know, kind of a, you know, your your average super group. Um, I don't want to say average. These are all top, top, top flight players and everything. Yeah. But it's it's your it's it's a it's a, a, a classic super group. And they did, did this one album and then uh, then they did a debut two concerts. So uh, Steve Morris and, and Don Airy were traveling through Australia, playing some shows with Deep Purple, and they said, hey, let's do a couple live shows to announce this album that we worked on. So they did it. And this is the second of the two shows. The first one was at um, um, uh, the Metro in Melbourne, and this one that we're going to watch is at Fox Studios in Sydney, which I think has since been purchased by Disney and partially turned into like an amuse- like a Disney World thing in Australia, unless I'm getting that wrong. Um, yeah, and they recorded it in Florida, like not around where near Steve lives at the studios that Deep Purple were using at the time, and and there you have it. And, and were these the only two shows they did? Did they tour on on this project at all? I, I didn't see any. No, any I think it was just these yeah. these two shows to kind of it was kind of like yeah. a little announcement of the of the CD release uh, of the so, album. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So, without further ado, if you guys are ready, unless you got anything else, any other subjects to cover we can jump right into it what do you think yeah no i, do I don't have anything yeah this is this is uh quite new to me so all right well let's do it here we go a living loud so obviously we'll probably have a lot to say about the interpretations of the aussie songs but they also have some originals so they're kind of like alternating between originals and the aussie tunes so they wrote original songs for this band? Yep. So the album is like half and half. I guess that's, I don't know. I don't know if I love it when a band does that, like when they when they do this, but we'll see. They're like, Jimmy! Are you able to push more volume out of this, Nate? Yep. How's that? Better. Nice. Yeah. 
kind of uh, ACDC sort of vibes on this one. That's great. Kind of has like an ACDC type of thing going on. Yeah, I just said that. <laughs> sure. Yeah, his, his voice, right? I didn't hear you, Nate. <laughs> I know. I had to say it or else the listeners would have said it. He, and he, and this, this dude looks like somebody, and I don't know, but I'll figure it out. Judging on the photos I've seen of him wearing that t-shirt completely covered in sweat, he's not going to have that jacket on for very long. <laughs> oh, I didn't even see the backup thing. I heard them earlier, but I didn't see them over there on the right. Yeah, they have a nice little trio there. They probably won't be doing much on the Aussie songs. <laughs> Although it'd be great if they did. Hey, hey, we don't know that. We don't know that. <laughs> Uh, just cool seeing Bob Daisley and Lee just yeah. rocking, right? And Don back there. And and Don back there, yeah. Yeah, you got your you got your original Blizzard of Oz uh, backing yeah. section there. Love it. That's great. Oh, yeah, good stuff. I was going to say, he's not going to leave it there. Not Steve Morse. <laughs> so, Scott, you can appreciate Steve Morse. He's a, uh, he's a lefty who plays a right-handed guitar. Oh. So I might be able to tell with his technique a little bit. Oh, oh he, he's a lefty. He's playing a right. I was going to say, that looks like a right-handed guitar. Yeah, yeah yep. he's a lefty playing a right-handed guitar. Yep, just like I, you. I, too, I too do that at, at a very uh, fractional level. That, yeah, you're as, about 90% as good as Steve Morris, I'd say. Yeah, oh, sure. <laughs> just need to work on your volume swells a little bit. You're almost there. Okay. Originally from uh, in Dixie Dregs, this guy, yeah? Yep. Pretty cool. With our buddy Rod Morgenstein, Nate. That's right, yes. I've told that story on the show, yeah, when we met Rod Morgenstein. I got his autograph over back there. <laughs> right. We went with your grand. Was it just you, me, and your grandfather that went? Yeah, probably. My brother, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I think he's taking that jacket off already, right? No, no maybe not. Nice. Well, that was uh, that was good. Yeah, very cool. I enjoyed that. We uh, managed to squeeze in a rehearsal for these songs between shows that these guys were doing with Deep Purple. So uh, we'll learn the songs as we go along. You'll probably know them as well as us. Right? But uh, we wanted to play them. We wanted to have some fun. And we're glad you came and joined us. We're um, doing songs off of the album uh, Living Loud. And uh, some of these songs, some of you people might know, they're uh, recorded by uh, these two guys here and a bunch of their mates. 
<laughs> Is he gonna mention Ozzy? <laughs> we thought we'd join in and throw up some bits in as well. Uh, if you don't know him, just you know, get into it and have a good time, all right? Because <laughs> neither do we. <laughs> <laughs> I love how these guys could just throw this together, you know? Oh, yeah. Here we go. So it's, you, you, All right. you really can't think of a more different guitarist than Randy Rhodes than Steve Morris. His style is so much different, so it's cool hearing his take on this. Yeah, but uh, Steve Morris is doing the rhythm a lot of justice here. <laughs> he did a little bit of the... Bing, bing, bing. Bob it's just weird. Like, <laughs> I don't know what happened. But. It's just weird, like hearing this song sung by a guy that sounds like Bon Scott. Yeah, right. Yeah, he sounds like like a cross between Brian Johnson and Bon Scott. Weirdly. Yeah, yeah right. He's beating them halfway. A little bit of both. Oh, they were. So the backup singers were singing. <laughs> Whoever That's said about who he the, looks like. The Shatner look. Yeah, he does. Dardo says he looks like Shatner. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Not a bad look. Not a bad look, Peter. Shatner. <laughs> that was not what I was thinking of. <laughs> yeah, if Shatner was on vocals, this would sound a lot different. You've seen him perform, right? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah like, he's, when, yes. when he squints his eyes, it's like a, um, yeah, it would be a lot different. <laughs> yeah, looks like Shatner. Certainly does not sing What's like him. What's the future goodness. of mankind? Oh, no. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, he looks like T.J. Hooker era Shatner. Yeah, I don't know if Shatner yes. ever had the, uh, the the frosted tip look, but um, <laughs> ha- had he, uh, this he probably is, this did is the in look. 2004. <laughs> I think yeah, it was he required. Did. <laughs> well, I think the uh, the girls, uh, the female uh, singers, did join in on the chorus here. Yeah, in yep. the I don't know part, I, I definitely heard them. Very cool stuff. I have another earphone I'm going to put in. Oh, they're singing a little bit in the background. I love he's reading the lyrics off the ground. (laughs) That's great. Hey, it's all good. Yeah. Very cool to take some liberty, uh, liberties with the arrangement of the tune and the uh, something like that. Like, yeah, yep. The very. It's just it's occurring to me that you never, when you see someone cover an Aussie song, it's like a bar band and they're just trying to do it exactly by the book. You never see like a someone do a cover where they're giving it their own. Not an Aussie song, anyways, right? Not not that I've ever seen. So it's this is cool. Yeah, it's it it they, it's it's got enough from the original that it. It's familiar, but it, it, it's nice. It's yeah. refreshing that they're doing something a little different. Yeah, because you yeah, never right. really hear it done differently. Right. No one covers Ozzy songs. Nah. Unless well, they're I mean, a barb. Yeah, well, I mean, it's hard because, I mean, you got to 
true. Ozzy's yeah. got a really distinct voice. I mean, all these guys really have distinct styles. So to yeah, and that's yeah. A, you have to really true. make it sound good. As a vocalist, you have to put your own spin on. You're not going to sound like Ozzy. No, like you have to put your own spin on it. But I have to admit, uh, this Jimmy's voice works with this. I love his voice. I think it's killer. Cool. Awesome. What a what a good version, this. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. It looks like they're having fun too, right? I mean Yeah. I think Steve Morse is always having fun. <laughs> He's always just smiling, playing the guitar, and never has a bad day. Like that last one that was uh, recorded by Ozzy, uh, that we were gonna cover. We we're gonna do uh, just for some fun. And uh we got in the studio, we were there for about a couple of weeks and we learned all these tunes and we wrote a bunch. Uh, this is one of the last ones we wrote. Um, and I think it came from an idea that started with Steve and... Uh... Is this Steve fans? Like, woo, Steve! So Scott Haskin, have you in, did you interview Lee Kerslake, or am I making that up in my mind? I know you interviewed most of the guys in Uriah Heat, but well, he might have gone away for a second. But um. oh, that's right. Yeah, he, he passed away. That's. a soulful voice on this guy kind of it's like bluesy but it's a little soulful too yeah morse is pulling out like a lot of like hendrixisms on this one which i don't really hear from him super often a lefty that played a right handed guitar but mm. the wrong way so there you go We'll have to have you back in sooner than 180 episodes and review the album. <laughs> right. Imagine being like these guys and just being able to throw this together with like two rehearsals. <laughs> They're like, we suck. We're like, no, yeah, you don't. You probably know the songs better than we do. Mm, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, well, well, you get the sense that uh, that Bob, Bob and Lee seem to remain, you know, carry on a friendship through the years. You get the sense that those two guys would just get together on weekends and play through these albums, so they probably yeah. knew this stuff. <laughs> Oh, I think another thing they mentioned is maybe having, um, I think I mentioned the, the guest guitarist, but they also mentioned guest vocalist, and they brought up that they would ask, like, uh, Dio to, was considered to be on this as well. 
Would have been. Oof. Oh, cool. But they but they changed it basically from instead of being a project, they they made themselves be a band instead. So. Love the background vocals. He's got a cool style, this guy, huh? Hmm. Yeah. Very, uh, I can't really put my finger on it. But. It's very, very signature. We always, we always, uh, yeah. Whenever we're listening to something and we're not 100% sure he's playing, then we hear the boogada 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 boogada. He does this, like, little, those little chromatic runs. and <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's got those runs, but these cool bendy things going, too. It's like a, a mix of, like, Jeff Beck and Steve Vai and crazy, I don't know. Mm. Yeah, and yeah if you, he's, if, cool. he's got a great sound. If you look at his right pinky, he's always on the volume knob. He does all sorts of volume swells. Ah, all right. See, he's even doing it now while he's playing chords. He probably uses the volume knob the same way that like Beck um, uses the whammy bar. Just like it's like a part of the instrument. It's just part of it, yeah. Like Scott Haskins said that Richie wouldn't let Ronnie do the project even though he'd been out of Rainbow. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it sounds believable. You said th this was what, 03, 04, this performance, Nate? Um, I think the performance was in 2004. Let me see. And you know what? I left the DVD upstairs, so I don't, I can't, I don't even know if it says it on that.
Yeah, I think it was 2004 and it was released in 2005. You know, he also, I think I figured out who I initially thought he looks like. He looks like an older Mark McGrath. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, you know, 2004, right? Early 2000s. Well, I think because of the spiky hair, yeah. The spiky hair and the kind of like the bleached uh, blonde tips there or whatever. Or at least it looks like it, but. He's probably like. 20 years older than Mark McGrath, so good for him. Yeah. Yeah, because at this point it says he'd been the top rock vocalist for like 20 years. Now yeah. it's 40. Thank you. Ah. It was pretty good. Yeah, I'm, I'm digging the originals. We did a show last night. Yeah. I guess they're all kind of originals in a way. Uh, you know, sometimes in Australia you drive around and you see guys in cars and they'll be bloody headbanging away, you know? Whether it's, you know, to K-San or something, you know? In America, <laughs> you know, something like that. You know when you see those guys? Like, like Wayne's <laughs> In America, when you see guys drive along in the car headbanging, it's normally to this song. They didn't bring along their vibra-slap, I guess. <laughs> He's just shrugging at each other. Ah, what are you going to do? <laughs> He's like looking down at the lyrics. <laughs> What's it? Crazy. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I'd be too scared that I was going to, even though I'm pretty confident I'd have the words down, I'd be too scared I'd mess it up and everyone would yell at me. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't mess up this one, I suppose, right? Ooh, Lee Kerslake throwing a little spice on that one. Yeah. Not hearing much uh, Don Airy in the mix. No. He's definitely playing back there. Daisley's looking at him like, don't mess up my lyrics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Raf Kaff in the chat says, um, Verrechter Zug. That's a crazy train in German. Actually, Google Translate says it's Luxembourgish. Hmm. 
Well, Fernanda, for having to read the words, he's really nailing it, performance-wise. That's one of those things I know he knows the song. He just probably just can't remember all the words. Really cool that they're changing it up a lot, you know? Yeah. When I was younger, I always hated when they changed songs up when everyone did a cover, and then I realized what's the point of doing a cover if it's exactly like the original. Well, you think the easy way out for them having only a couple rehearsals was to, is to just really do it exactly like the record, but it's more credit to them for putting their own spin on it, having only yeah. a couple rehearsals to, to like work that stuff up. Pretty impressive. Yep. You know, oddly enough, Steve Morris is like a perfect guitar player for to do Randy's parts, and they couldn't be any more different as guitar players. Yeah, totally. I mean, he's not playing any of the solos from the record. He's doing his own thing, and it sounds great. Yeah, but I think the changes in it are enough where they're, it's retaining the feel of the song and not changing it too much, but we're enjoying the little changes they're making. Yeah, very much so. And he's able to do that Randy thing live where he just seamlessly fits in a guitar fill yeah. in the middle of the rhythm part and it's and just jumps right back, in, you know, easily back and forth. He's seeming to do that easily. Yeah. He's obviously a great player, but uh, you need to be able to do that if you're going to do anything like Randy. I thought there were four singers, but that was just some guy standing there. <laughs> oh. That was that was a tight little uh, upbeat hit that they did there. Yeah, you wouldn't really guess that these guys have barely played together. <laughs> very nice, very cool. Yeah. This would have been a show to be at. This yeah, is the one that was in Florida, right? No, it's in Australia. This is in Australia. But yeah, they recorded uh, the album in Florida. The war breaking out and there was, you know, trouble, you know, people bombing places everywhere. 
uh, you know, terrorist attacks, you know, both sides of the fence. And uh, we started thinking that too many people get killed in the name of religion and um, sort of wrote a song about it. Uh, and we decided that um, we'd put this out as a single. And if you want to buy this single, by the way, the money uh, goes to UNICEF to help, uh, you know, victims of war, kids. Which is a good enough reason to buy it anyway, but, uh, you know, uh, hopefully you like the song as well. <laughs> There's a little Don Airy for you. Oh, yeah. Pretty cool. Wow. I didn't have a I didn't have this style on my bingo card for the night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whatever the, you call this. <laughs> like a Middle Eastern sound to it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it sure does, yeah. And there's a documentary on the kind of making of this album and the concert and stuff, and he talks, kind of gives a little bit of a longer version of the rap that he has there, which is... You know, not a, not a new concept, killing for a religion bad. Something I don't understand. Yeah, dovetails nicely with Crazy Train in a way. What that's guitar he's using is weird. It doesn't. It must be like a partially hollow body. There's like no visible pickups. There must be huh. something internal. Oh yeah, that that is weird. It sounds like a is sitar. It the same guitar that he's been using? No, it's, no, it's a new one. No, no because okay. between songs, they a tech came over and gave him a, another guitar. They gave him okay, this guitar. Okay, yeah. I, I thought he, I saw regular old pickups on the other one, but this, this is cool. Is it whatever, whatever kind of guitar that the other. I didn't know what the other guitar was. Looked a little odd to me as well, but and a really uh, unique sound out of it. Yeah, it sounds like. I mean, if if I was listening to that, I think it was a sitar. I'm fascinated by how that guitar works. Wow. Yeah, it is a very sitar sounding. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Instrument. <laughs> <laughs> He's having fun with it. Sounds like George Harrison jumped on stage with him. <laughs> oh my God, it's Arnold Grove. <laughs> Thank you. 
It's funny that this was the song they released as a single. <laughs> it's probably the least like the other ones. And I don't know if you're getting it in your headphones, guys, but the when he's doing those solos, it's like it's really panning back and forth between left and right. I'm not getting that. Yeah, I only have one ear in, so I'm I'm guess I'm missing on that whole effect. Yeah, go go around the forty six minute mark on the audio when the audio podcast comes out in five weeks or whatever. <laughs> You'll definitely remember that. Oh, that was really good. Yeah, a di- different uh, different style for sure. Hmm. He's a talented man. <laughs> <laughs> Like now he's going into a little uh, Eddie Van Halen, George Lynch type of thing. Yeah. Yep. For sure. Oh wow. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Cool intro. Yeah. Neat. Just a neat, uh, neat, neat transitions and. Wow. Seems seems like they're tacking on like these cool intros to like sort of uh, throw your curveball and then. Yeah. Get, get into the song, which is a, a, I think, a pretty cool trick. It's cool though, because like, Curse Like and Daisley, I feel, are playing it fairly straight or fairly like the record, but the others are taking a few more liberties, and that's what makes it kind of cool. You've got that foundation and basis of the song that's really solid. Yeah, yeah. But there's other flourishes are coming in. Now, are the background singers going to, I can see it, I can see it. Are they going to do that? Because that's going to be a missed opportunity if they don't. (laughs) That would be great. They better do that. I just love this bass line. I love all of his bass lines. You oh, know? yeah. Yeah. The syncopated nature of the bass line. He's playing on a lot of upbeats and just leaving the leaving the downbeats open. Just other bands weren't, I don't know, they weren't doing stuff like that. Yeah, not in this genre. Not in this genre, yeah, of course. Nice camera, camera work there. Cut into the pick slide. You know, it took my ears like not too long to adjust to him singing these songs, but I really like like him on vocals doing these, yeah, doing these Aussie songs. And that's not, I don't think that's an easy thing to accomplish. No, right.
Oh, wow, he's actually throwing in a pretty close to the original solo. Well, you can't not. That's weird. He's like, he put his own spin on it, but he kind of kept that like arpeggio pattern the same. Wow. Oh, they're doing a little breakdown of this again. Yeah. I think um, Ozzy should have been uh, sniffing out Steve Morris after uh, Randy passed away, if you ask me. <laughs> so we could have screwed him out of uh, <laughs> out of something. <laughs> All right, maybe it's good he didn't. probably wouldn't have even occurred to him because of what he was what he had done to that point he hadn't really dipped his toes too much into this territory although I think it was like the mid 80s when he got like the five straight years in a row as the top guitar player in Guitar Player Magazine I think it was like 80 the mid to late 80s is when he just dominated in that category And I know there's recordings out there of uh, that original rhythm section playing, uh, you know, playing these these songs with Ozzy. Yeah, yeah. But uh, obviously, we're so used to hearing the the Rudy Tommy stuff. Yeah, you know, it's really cool to just uh, just hear them grooving like this. And some of the drum fills that Lee is doing, I'm like, oh yeah, like that's like that's how it is on the record. That's not all of the live stuff we've heard. Tommy yeah. Aldrich too, which is great too, but this is just really cool to hear the original guys doing their stuff. Yeah. Put me down better than me. I'd like to take a second here and uh, introduce the band. This is uh, Lee Kerslake here on the drums. Thank you. Lee flew over especially <laughs> to do this. The first bass that arrived in Sydney at uh, five o'clock in the morning. And by sort of 11 o'clock, he was in rehearsal. Uh, I think he's just getting over his jet lag and he's about to fly back again, so... Uh, <laughs> this is Bob Daisley. It was basically Bob's uh, master plan to come up with this and, uh, and get together and do it, which I thought was a great idea. Don Airy on the keyboards over here. <laughs> We're blessed to have Don and Steve in the country with us. Steve Morse on the guitar. Nice. Someone should do a podcast about that band. Yeah, someone should. You know? Someone else should come up with a better name for it, too. <laughs> this is Jade McRae. And to what you were saying earlier, that those those recordings that do exist with Daisley and Kerslake are pretty bad quality from what I've heard. I don't know if there's mm. anything super listenable. Well. 
Well, you know what I learned recently? Can you hear me okay still, by the oh, way? I heard you for a second, but you cut out. You know what I learned recently is that uh, I think Goodbye to Romance and No Bone Movies from Tribute is the this, these guys. Oh, is it really? Yeah, it's, oh, for, no it's from a different. It's from it's from a different uh, performance. Those two songs. Oh no, kidding! I didn't know that. They they probably never found knew out when that, you right? did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. No. I mean, you could uh, yeah double check, but I believe that that's the case. Hmm. Huh. It's from it's from a it's from a um, in I think it's a performance in England, even if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it must be right because when they did yeah, the U.S. I, tours, they had the other guys. Yeah, I think they they toured the original Blizzard of Oz band did tour. They just toured England, not the U.S. Yeah, so I think it's those. Yeah, goodbye to romance, and, and you can tell if you ABM on the record and you listen back to back, like Suicide Solution, for instance, to Good uh, No Bone Movies. It's a distinctly different recording. Oh yeah. Um, I have to go yeah. back. I haven't heard them in a while. Yeah, yeah. Check it out. trying to find a something to confirm that but I can't find it at the moment it does say on tribute though on um, I'm sorry on Wikipedia that they are they're credited as being on it so Lee Kerslake's really uh, got the moves He's rocking. For a jet lagged guy, too. <laughs> he looks like someone you'd see on like a, one of those like televised poker championships or something. <laughs> <laughs> he totally does. <laughs> so good at hitting those little harmonics with his right finger. I switched to the cans uh, um, and put away my Bluetooth headphones and wow, the audio quality is a lot better. Yes. I don't know what I was <laughs> oh, thinking. Good. good. <laughs> I like John I with our early episodes wearing the Apple earbuds. Mm, yeah, that those uh, wasn't really working. You can actually hear Don Airy pretty good on this one. There's no one to blame out here except myself. 
sounds like later stage Maiden a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was just thinking <laughs> that. Yeah. Wow. He he almost looks a little like Bruce. Yeah, a little bit. They got a similar with the, with the short hair. Yeah, with, with, yeah, the, yeah. Bruce with short hair. Yeah. Hey, well, on the uh, on the tribute uh, the tribute concert they played in. At the Royal Albert Hall for for John Lord when he passed away, Bruce Dickinson comes out and does "Burn" with uh, Glenn Hughes, and he comes, oh yeah, it's like yeah. a somber affair, and everyone's standing around, and he just walks out. And he's like, "All right, motherfuckers!" <laughs> it's just like completely <laughs> does not read the room. It's hilarious. Yeah, well, while, while dressed like Nelson Muntz. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go, motherfuckers! <laughs> yeah, he's got he's got one speed on yeah. on him, that guy, right? <laughs> there's no there's no nuance. <laughs> you gotta love it. I do love him. We got two back-to-back Aussie songs now. Nice. All right, well, if he's featuring Don, you know what this is. We know what this is, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like it he's going to do lazy, actually. <laughs> or he's going to start off with a little John Lord impression. Yeah, why not? him on the show Don Airy or no we Am did I thinking yeah. of someone else yeah you did he showed us his Aussie tour book it's pretty cool oh that's right yeah I didn't even realize he had that ham in there until he started playing it for the song Yeah, and he has that cord just plopped right there on top of it. <laughs> Boom. What if he just starts accidentally playing Perfect Strangers right now? <laughs> whoops. It's like, whoops, wrong show. <laughs> Peter Gardot is asking if he's going to pull the glass of wine out at the end. <laughs> when we saw him live, he like took a glass of wine. He like held a note and he just took a glass of wine and started drinking it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a newer shtick. Oh, uh, here he goes. And he worked the Mr. Crawley solo into his 
live Deep Purple solos a couple times. Yeah. Like, just a little bit, just subtle enough. Oh, he sounds like it's a distortion on his voice. Sounds very sinister. Does he have an effect on his vocals? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's like I, super I distorted. So. Yeah, it's like a distortion. I don't think it's like an auto-tune, but who knows? 2004. It sounds like that like kind of um, old-timey AM radio sort of distortion. Yeah. Interesting choice. Like a lo-fi distorted. Scott Haskins saying they have an envelope filter on it. I can hear that. This is really good. Yeah. And that like different rhythm they put it there is like took me a second to kind of yeah figure it, it, it out. Throws but, you like, off I'm, balance for a second. Yeah, I'm digging it. Hey, you're right. Steve Morris is like never unhappy. He's just like he's having the time of his life. <laughs> I mean, I would. He too has the look on his face like he got, he's like like the dream that everyone has that they'll get picked out of the audience to like come on stage and play with their favorite band. That's always the look he has <laughs> on his face. But he's yeah. he's earned it though. It's weird that it has like such a different feel than the original yet somehow still captures it as well. Oh yeah. Yeah, doing that sort of halftime feel really gives it a whole different Yeah. a different flavor, but yeah. I love the liberties they took with this song. Came mm. out great. Bass melody. Is this plays oh, Sherry? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> no. 
Wow. Wow. I don't have the track listing in front of me, so... That is friggin' deep. Tonight. Oh, what Oof. a great song. Holy shit. Yeah, it really is. Oh, and the background singers. That works really well in this. There we go. Oh man, this is great. <laughs> yeah, I'm digging this. It sounds like a. Just adding in the background vocals makes it sound like a, like an R and B track. <laughs> and in telling this guy's like a soul singer in a way to hear him sing mm. sing Ozzy stuff is like a kind of disorienting, but he's killing it. Oh, I love that. I'm I'm understanding more of the lyrics the way this guy sings them. I already yeah. picked up on two lyrics that I didn't <laughs> yeah, know. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Is All it just the rap? He says, "Is it just the rap city?" I believe, which I never knew. Oh yeah, yeah. And then he said, "I'm feeling three foot tall," which I never knew. Ozzy said. song is called Tonight. It's Oh Sherry Part 2. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird because they didn't go to the second guitar solo in Mr. Crowley. I don't know it's because that, that, that solo is so sacred, but I wonder if they're mm, going to... That is sacred. ...do the solo outro on this one. Hmm. He seems to know these words pretty well. Oof, goosebumps, man. This is killer. I agree. Yeah, is it just a rhapsody? I never knew that's what he said. Right? <laughs> I thought he said, is it another sump, sump for me or something? I don't know. I, maybe that's not I, what he says, but that's what I'm hearing. I feel like I, think, I knew that's that's what the lyrics were, but I never knew the three foot tall line. And is it common knowledge that Bob Daisley, Bob Daisley wrote all these lyrics, or is that the sort think, of the I commonly think so. held? I think yeah, it is except, now. Except, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how long it went before people really right, knew that. Right. I'm sure he told anyone that would listen. 
Yeah, he sure did. My dog has decided yeah, to lie under the desk well, and man. chew on my headphone cable, so if I cut out, you'll know why. <laughs> I just heard another O Sherry lick, I'm telling you guys. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Listen. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah, totally, yeah. I didn't, it's funny, I didn't hear it the first time, but yeah, he totally did that at the end. That was killer. Wow. Yeah. Bravo. <laughs> That's one, one of my favorite Ozzy songs off Diary. That's killer. Uh, definitely. Oh, those last three songs are just <laughs> incredible. Yeah. I'm yeah. I was following you. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, ridiculous, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Here's another new song. This one's called Walk Away. Kind of like the um, kind of had that little uh, Zeppelinish uh, sort of yeah start yeah, to it. That, that kind of a cashmere uh, guitar rhythm of uh, the oft copied yes <laughs> uh, guitar rhythm. What, what was John? What was the White Snake song we did recently? That was just a total cashmere ripoff. Um, I think it was uh, Judgment Day. Judgment Day, yeah, yeah. Slip of the tongue. Uh, I was just listening to your slip of the tongue uh, episode. Oh, yeah. Guys. Yeah, good stuff. My favorite part is when uh, Nate said that the uh, album cover reminded him of Olive Garden. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Maybe uh, one of my favorite analogies I've ever, uh, I've, I've ever heard on a podcast. Yes. Yeah, I stand by that. When that's... you're here, you're family, darling. <laughs> like the, that fake fancy look? You're totally right, though. <laughs> Yeah, it's fake fancy. <laughs> fake it's fancy. Tuscan. Yeah, Tuscan. That's what me and Jen always call it. You know, I forgot to mention on that episode, have you seen the, um, I don't know if it's like a meme going around now or if it's older, where there was like a couple that got their wedding photos uh, taken outside of an olive garden to make it look like they were in Tuscany it, or yes. something like that, and they actually yes, came out that. really good. It's <laughs> <laughs> one way to save a few bucks. <laughs> yeah, why not? Ooh, nice little bass run there. Yeah, 
Don looks like he's having a good time back there too. I don't know how he sings like this for any more than one song without blowing out his vocal cords. Right? I mean, I was thinking the same thing, man. He is, he's just, but I guess uh, your Brian Johnson's and Axl Rose's can do that stuff. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's not his first day on the job, so he knows how to control it, but... Yeah, he looks like he's trying hard. Yes. <laughs> I mean, he's Which dr- isn't to say he he sounds like, he doesn't sound like he's trying hard. He looks like he's trying hard. He's though. drenched in sweat. He's rocking. Mm. Yeah, Nazareth, that guy too. Definitely. Sorry, my dog is trying to destroy the studio in the background. Their uh, original songs are uh, are long, which I'm not complaining about. It's just yeah. Let's see. This is uh, they. They seem to really have a nice fleshed out arrangement for all of them. Or it seems that way, maybe. Yeah, this, I'm not one, familiar this with about them. five minutes long. The one they did uh, earlier in the set was really long. That more of a ballady style one. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. That was let's see. That was like eight minutes long. Can't imagine. Yeah. That's the one they released as a single though, so I can't imagine. Uh, no, 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 that wasn't the one. That was a different no, one. No, the single was the more Middle Eastern yeah, one, yeah. right? Don't hassle the Hoff. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. That's a solid track, man. Yeah, the originals are, that they're doing are uh, pretty good. Uh, now, as I was saying before, we waited uh, about three half days to rehearse. So basically, we managed to get the songs that we did on the album together and a couple other tunes. So this is the, uh, this is the last of the, uh, of the album tracks. And it's a, it's a sort of a good way of going out on the album, but we'll play a couple of tunes anyway. Here we go. Oh yeah, nice. Right on. They're playing all the good yeah, Blizzard great, and Diary songs. Great selections. Yep. Part of me is like, man, I wish they would have continued on and done the rest of them. <laughs> like, done the complete first two albums. Oh, I, I would have, I would sit through this whole thing if they did that. <laughs> no problem. I'm available to fill in uh, for the late Lee Kerslake. <laughs> yes. Just putting that out to the universe. Oof. And I, you probably wouldn't need any, any rehearsal. You could probably just go in cold. <laughs> 
and I am available yeah. to accept free passes to be in the front <laughs> row. You know how to set up a drum kit, right, John? Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll learn. If, yeah. Easy. Our buddy Scott that's in the uh, chat right now, he posts pictures of, like, drum sets that people post that are set up, like, by somebody who clearly has never played the drums. Uh, and, like, <laughs> the, oh, I'd love to see that. Like, the drums are all perfectly flat and, like, all, you yeah. know, like, they're so far apart from each other. I think it would be one of those setups. <laughs> <laughs> Having to just have FM radio on the other day in the car and flip it to uh, good old 94HJY, you know, John and yeah, and Nate, obviously, you know, too. But yep. uh, yeah, I, I caught this song right at the beginning and I was really? like, Really? Oh, hell yeah, let's go. Oof. I can't remember ever hearing the song on the radio. No, they, 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 they play this one now. I don't know why, really? but they do. And it's uh, good, <laughs> it's a good treat. I guess I've been spent 20 years since Not I that lived I'm there. So. Ever really listening to terrestrial radio, but nice, to, nice, nice surprise anyway. Oh yeah. Jen had a Halloween playlist in the car when we were driving up uh, to go pumpkin picking and stuff with the kids, and she had the spooky yeah. Halloween thing, and so I made her put Mr. Crowley on the playlist. Oh yeah. That or Diary, uh, probably. Yeah, that would be a good one, too. That, that's some spooky stuff. I don't think this she... This is cool, what they're doing here. got it there it does what an iconic fill yeah I mean for my money you can't beat what Randy did on the album but that was still pretty good yeah well I was talking about Lee's drum fill but uh, everything this guy's doing is I think oh yeah right there yeah it is nice to hear Lee on this I haven't heard a lot of him live so Right. I don't know that I've ever heard Ozzy. Um, I, I'm sure there's plenty of live recordings of this song that I just uh, I'm not familiar with. But yeah, I don't like think contemporary they... with the release of, or I guess some in '80s version, I should say. You know, not a yeah. I don't think Randy they did this really is, live uh, much at all, or if at all. Yeah, which is a crime. Yeah, it's a mean riff. That's awesome.
Damn. Yes. Yeah, rocking. That was a freaking outro. <laughs> it's like out of nowhere. <laughs> the hell are they doing? <laughs> Don Air is like, not expecting Don Air is like, I'll do it under one condition. <laughs> it's like, yeah, why not? It's kind of like, you know, Deep Purple used to close their shows with Lucille for like the longest time. So I was like, ah, why not? You know, there's somebody in the audience that didn't know a single one of these songs, but then this came on. They're like, yeah, finally. Right. <laughs> I mean, what a really like eclectic mix of songs. <laughs> Half Aussie songs, half originals, and then we're just gonna close it out with Give Me Some Lovin'. to the list of uh, who he sounds like this the vocalist is uh, Credence uh, what's his name Singer John Fogarty yeah John Fogarty <laughs> those those high raspy yeah those high raspy uh, I don't know kind of has like a, a raspy vibrato up in the higher register he really has that John Fogarty maybe they'll do I hoid it through the grapevine after this Yeah, center field, please. <laughs> did, did you comment on how the Gardus how the Gardo said he looked like Captain Kangaroo? <laughs> yeah, Chris Lake. Chris Lake does look oh. like Captain Kangaroo. <laughs> 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 is that where Mr. Green Jeans is from? Yeah, <laughs> yeah where's Mr. Green Jeans? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> the dancing bear, was that a thing from... Uh... I don't know. We're getting into deep cut territory here. I don't know. <laughs> Bunny rabbit. Oh man, I'm gonna have to research my Captain Cam Kangaroo.
Sorry about that. Oh, it's all right. You're back. All good. So when Peter in the chat went to go see Deep Purple with John, it wasn't this era, but he said that Don Airy looked like um, Charles Bronson. <laughs> so that's like the, the running joke. I think I think I said that. Oh, and maybe I kept, you said like, it. I kept calling him Death Wish, and like Gardot was like, <laughs> he loved it. And I'm just like, yeah, Death Wish. But now we have Captain Kangaroo, too. Oh, no, he's saying Mark did it. Okay. Uh, I don't remember. I just know I, I hopped on the train. Yeah, everyone bought it, bought into it. See how quick Gardo was to take credit away from me, though. <laughs> it's natural to him. <laughs> Yet, somehow, much like their unusual ar arrangements and takes on Aussie songs, putting this at the end of the show somehow works. Yeah. It's like, why not? It's weird. It's a weird choice, but. I mean, yeah. I mean, I got to admit, I'm, I don't. I don't love it. Um, <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> well, I mean, I've, I would rather see these guys play more Aussie. Yeah, right. Yeah, but I, I think they were probably song. like, well, we need a couple more songs to end it out. What are songs that we all know really well that we won't basically not have to rehearse at all? Yeah. Two less songs that I have to write the lyrics out on the floor, all that sort of stuff, you know? What, you mean they didn't want to learn the entire arrangement to Diary of a Madman? <laughs> that would have been ambitious. <laughs> get, a, get a string quartet up there. Oh, they are going to do the I'm fake goodbye. I'm all in for that, by the way. Song, uh, Hell yeah. I've been doing for, uh, for a while. But what we've done is we went back and stripped it back to the, uh, to the original version. Which is a band called Easy Beats. The Easy Beats? Easy Beats are an Australian rock band from the 60s. All right. So this is, I think, something he worked on with. Um... So Jimmy Barnes did a version of this with NXS, which appeared in the film The Lost Boys. Who did it? Uh, this, uh, the, the, this vocalist, right? Yep. 
yeah, he he did a collab with NXS. I read that too. Very cool. Yeah, and I Gardo, what you're saying, I read that as well. That's a connection. I guess uh, Australia, small continent. Oh, right? <laughs> Angus Young managed. Man, Angus Young's brother managed him. Wow. Loaf covered it. Covered the song. I think Al- Angus and Malcolm had a other, another brother who was more into the management, if I remember yes. correctly. Right? Yes. Dingus? Genghis, yeah. You ever heard of Genghis Young? <laughs> <laughs> I said Dingus, I, I but I Genghis say is it was even better. <laughs> I, I think I want to say they had a uh, older brother, George, who was in management. <laughs> No, right. for real. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, no, no, I know that almost sounded like a goof, but yeah, Angus. George. You ever heard of George? <laughs> Georgie? Yeah. <laughs> Georges. Steve Morse knows that he's singing along like crazy. Yeah, good classic rock song here. Nice. Great sound and snare drum. Yeah, it sounds really good. Doesn't it? <laughs> His shirt has almost completely changed shades of gray at this point. Is this shirt taped together at the top? Looks like he has masking tape on his shoulder. Oh, no, that's just the design of the shirt. No, I think that was just the style yeah. at the time. <laughs> it looks like it's held together by masking tape. He's just doing the never-ending intro to Over the Mountain. Yeah. Does he have a double bass pedal, or is he just supplementing with a floor tom? No, that's the old Bonham sort of triplet right. left-right kick thing. I know I've heard you do some things on the single bass that I did not know were possible, so. Yeah. Michael Jackson. <laughs> Didn't expect to see his name in the... All right. That was impressive. I'll say. I'll say, too. Well, before we uh, get into our final thoughts and feelings about this, though, I will uh, take this opportunity to thank our next level of patrons because we got two more levels to thank before the show is over. 
So, of course, naturally, I'd have to start it off by thanking our um, our core level patrons. So, coming in at the seven dollar and seventy seven cent tier, the keep it warm rat tier, I should say, we have Michael Vader at the six dollar ninety nine cent. New nice price tier, we have Spike the Rock Cat and Sugar Tea. And at the episode $6.66 tier, we have Steve Coldwell. And then we also have Arthur Smith. Getting support from the patron Arthur Smith. Anton Glaving and Charles Meadows. At the $6.65 almost evil tier, we have Kenny Wymore, Michael Bagford, and Richie Sucksmith. At the $5.99, the nice price tier, Robert Smith, Peter from Illinois, and Carl Helberg. And at the 60 kroner tier, we have Newt Morton Johansson. At the $5.55 tier, we've got what's going on tier. We've got Richard Fusey. And at the $5 money lender tier, we have John Convery, German Heindel, Adrian Hernandez, Jesper Alman, Alexi the Perfect Stranger, Slepikov, Kev Roberts, Percival Frequency, Scott Zern, Cynthia Doobie, Raf Kaff, and Coyote Bongwater. Thank you so much for all of your support of the Deep Purple Podcast. All right. So, guys, what do we, before we uh, get into our last group of patrons and close it up, what do you guys. Uh, final thoughts on the on the show and on the band. Well, I think uh, I, I think I usually don't expect to or ever really care for any sort of a supergroup setup. I think that more often than not, it's a bit of a letdown. It's kind of lame. You feel like it's sort of an ego thing. Um, this is coming from a bit of a different place where there's a history and there's a story behind it with with Bob and Lee. And I think that uh, that sort of makes that makes a difference. And obviously, uh, and I'm, I keep forgetting the vocalist's name, but he's uh, Jimmy Barnes. Whatever, Jimmy Barnes, and he is. Uh, I think we're all pretty impressed with him. I think he 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 absolutely mm-hmm. crushed it. And with Steve Morrison, and you know, rounding it all out, uh, it, it really to me was a. I'd say on the on the higher tier of w- what my expectations would be for any sort of a supergroup, and it obviously helps that they're doing songs that I love and grew up loving, putting their own spin on them to you know to varying degrees, but always interesting. Uh, and they have some really cool originals too. And uh, it's a, maybe just a shame that they only did a couple shows and didn't carry this out a little bit further. But uh, it seems like a really cool moment in time that was captured, and uh, the, the look forward to kind of playing the actual recordings of this uh, to hear, hear what they hear, hear what that sounds like. But as far as a live performance goes full of energy for some slightly aging rockers and uh, just overall, I say, you know, two thumbs up for me. Awesome. Well, as a, a, a touring musician and you know, like you said, this has been your job for 20 plus years now is to tour around. How hard would you say it is to just, go to a different, like you've toured all over the country, all over North America. Have you done any like more stuff abroad than that or? No, just Canada. Canada. That's abroad. Canada doesn't count. Um, And I say that as a French Canadian. (laughs) As someone who, uh, you know, you've played, uh, you know, you've, you've guys have had the set mostly down for (laughs) 
a long time. The the band you're covering isn't yes. coming up with any new songs. Um, but you obviously you guys have done your own originals and all stuff like that. How hard would you say it would be to go into something like this with as little preparation as they did? I think pretty, I think it really speaks to like the fact that they're all seasoned musicians. And, and like we were saying during the performance, the fact that you already have the rhythm section um, with a, almost like a fundamental sort of knowledge of these songs in these parts, like probably in their muscles and in their bones. I think that that really helps. But again, the fact that they put these, these different spins on the arrangements and they would do a halftime thing here and they do a different accent figure here. And um, that takes rehearsal. And I think what he was saying is that they only had a couple rehearsals to do it. So all the more impressive and all the more disappointing that they didn't, they couldn't continue to tour on this because it seems like they put the time in to yeah. put together a sh- uh, like a, a solid, what looked to me a near perfect show with a couple of like looks at each other where you can tell like, is this where we're supposed to be? You can kind of see the, <laughs> you can see the seams a little bit, but it, it was for the most part, having, you know, watching and listening to it, it didn't seem in any way to me to be like haphazardly thrown together. It seemed to be like a well put together. They they spent time on it. And I think that it, it's no trivial feat, even for seasoned musicians, because you just have to remember shit, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's just, you know, that, that just takes running songs and rehearsing songs. And yeah, I mean, they're great players. They can cover their mistakes if there are any mistakes, but they seem to be few and if at all, not even noticeable really to me, it was, it was, it was really, really impressive. And I remember when you and I used to play together, we would, you know, we, there'd be certain parts of certain songs where we'd look at each other and we'd do like a weird little upbeat thing together, you know, like you just, these things would just develop yeah. naturally over time, but it was through many, many rehearsals and shows mm-hmm. and stuff, not just like <laughs> two rehearsals. And we came up mm-hmm. with all this weird stuff and you just all of a sudden worked in all this other stuff. It's just, it's, it's crazy. It's mind blowing to me that, I mean, knowing who all these guys are, I guess it shouldn't be that surprising, but, and it's also funny that they all sure. had tons of other stuff going on at this time. And they would just be like, okay, that was fun. Let's all go back to our other stuff. And when most people would say like, wow, this is it. Like we're, we got to stay together and do this. But, um, this was just kind of a, you get the sense that they were, you get the sense that they were, they're busy players mm-hmm. in general doing their own things because you don't just sit around for six years, say at home doing nothing. I mean, I don't know, maybe Lee, Lee Kerslake, uh, he's the, I don't really know what he was up to around this time. Uh, but yeah, you don't just sit around for years and years without picking up your instrument and then just be able to do this. So I, I, you get the sense that they were definitely keeping themselves busy playing and keeping their shops up on their, on their own respective instruments in order to be able to just throw together something like this effectively. They kind of threw it together in a way. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So John, what do you, what's your, what are your final thoughts? Uh, I was, I mean, I was really, um, I think more impressed with this than I thought I would be like, um, because you know, if, if it were like all Aussie songs, I'd be like, all right, going into this thinking, this is going to be great. But then I heard it was going to be some Aussie, some originals. So I was kind of skeptical as well, because I mean, I've, I've seen other bands do this type of thing with, uh, varying degrees of success like the uh the the original Dio band did it um the uh I think like the the three guys from from Doc and without Don Doc and did something mm. similar like a, maybe around this time it was just a kind of uh some originals and reworking some of the songs that they were on and um it, it's just like uh you you get a hit or miss results but I think um 
um, this, uh, the, the originals were good. Um, I mean, um, I would say as this, as the show went on, maybe like the last two, I kind of, kind of tuned out a little bit, um, just because, you know, like the other songs, they're, they're just part of our history. But, um, I think after hearing the original versions and the live versions by the Aussie band, which is really all you hear. And if anybody covers any of these songs and they do, they do crazy train, right. You don't hear them dig deep into the catalog. So to hear Mm. different versions, um, different versions of different songs, um, done with like a, a vocalist that it's like I said, hard to fill Ozzy's shoes, hard to fill Randy's shoes to make the, um, to make the arrangements interesting. Um, I think that they nailed it. Um, I really enjoyed it a lot more than I thought. And I mean, there's just cemented for me that Steve Morris is probably becoming one of my favorite guitar players. Cause everything I hear him play on purple records on this, it's just like, it continues to blow me away. And yeah. I mean, the fact that he handled Randy's parts so well, and um, mm. and just made it just made me think like wow this is I, I would listen to this um, if the if like the original weren't available I'd listen to this um, I mean I'd probably go back and listen anyway and I mean if uh, if these guys were if it were like whatever it was twenty years ago when I knew they were coming around after hearing this I'd be like yep I'm going I want to go see him like it was really really good the interesting thing about Ozzy is it's like it's not hard to be a better singer than him. Like he's most just got a unique style. Yeah. Like he's just so unique. It's, you know, yeah. you could, you could pick any of the, you know, pick, pick any of these, the singers who have replaced him, you know, like in black Sabbath, he's probably like technically the worst singer that black Sabbath ever had, but he's the guy that everyone thinks of when they think of black Sabbath. And, you know, you think of this Jimmy Barnes or whoever's doing these Aussie songs, they could be a technically better singer, but it's, it, right. It's such a good good call that they that he put his own spin on it and didn't try to emulate Ozzy. And it's kind of similarly with Morris, yeah. like he didn't try to play the Randy Solo's note for note by any means. He put his own spin on it. And I think they captured the the spirit of it. Yeah, the spirit was totally captured somehow, you know. And but but maybe it's because we've seen so much live Steve Morris in our time doing the show that we're we're so used to his style that it's kind of cool seeing it, but I don't know. I, it'd be interesting to hear takes from some of our listeners who either aren't familiar with the Aussie stuff or um, are big Steve Morse fans and don't know it or whatever, just to see what their take is. But coming from, we're all kind of coming from the same place. So there's not a huge variety in our opinions, mm. but we all grew up with these songs and we're hearing them done this way and we all appreciate it because we love those songs so it'd be interested to see someone who didn't know the material as well well because you also don't like i said before you don't hear over the mountain you don't hear it tonight Mm. performed by uh by uh you know ozzy let alone uh, somebody covering them i mean when was the last time you went on saw a cover band or something do those songs so i mean to to hear them at all is like a is a treat but to hear them done well and then uh, is is even better. And then to hear that, like Scott said, the original rhythm section um, with uh, Don Airy, Lee Kerslake, and Bob Daisley is just like just a real, uh, you know, just great treat to see those guys like out there uh, playing and, and doing their music. And, and, you know, at that point, still sounding great. And um, even um, what was it like hearing that, that kind of bass line? 
that uh, that uh, Daisley does in tonight. Yeah. Um, when it kind of kicked oh. in in the second verse, you know, ah, yeah. there it is. And mm-hmm. then it's kind of like, you know, this comforting feeling. It's like, ah, that's the stuff. So it was just, it's really great to kind of see your favorites and, and some new guys mixed in just doing justice to these great songs. Yeah, I'd love to know what, to your point, Nate, about <clears throat> someone who's not as sort of was wasn't as raised on these Aussie tracks as we are like that. Maybe has never heard the song tonight, for instance, and what their take is on hearing something this sort of very unique and different arrangement that they did of it, uh, what their take would be to me. It was just, uh, again, I think we said it during, that was a highlight for me. Probably the highlight of the show was tonight. I mean, just yeah. the way they put that together, not to, not to even mention the fact that they mashed it up with O'Sherry, which was really cool too. But, um, just what they did to it. And it, it was really like a goosebumps moment for me mm. uh, hearing that song when that chorus kicks in and just that baseline, that, that just kind of like walking down baseline he does. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty special. Well, I'll let you know, cause we have a lot of listeners that don't like Ozzy or aren't familiar with Ozzy. So <laughs> <laughs> they will let me know and I'll share it with you guys uh, when this episode finally comes out. But um yeah that was that was a lot of fun um and we'll just move on to the next group of patrons before we do our final wrap up here um it's kind of hard on a on a live thing like this to do it but here we go we've got at the three dollar i'm sorry three pound and 50 pence deep purple new york tier we have lord longford at the three-pound aromatic feed tier, Simon Ford and Richard Brees. At the $3.33 halfway to evil tier, Stephen Sharp and Duncan Leesk. At the $3 nobody's perfect tier. And in the chat, we have Peter Gardeau. Ian DeRosier, Mark Roback. Then, of course, we have... Ivan Fieldboo. Runar Siemensen. JJ Sennard. Ruinous Inadequacies. John Miscelli. Oh, oops. Oh, Sam, Sam. How many times must I tell you to not leave your Proust lying about? (laughs) Michael Boyette and Corey Morissette. At the $1.71 I want my own tier tier, we have... At the 10 kroner tier, Karsten Lau. And at the $1 made-up name tier, we have the Bob Deadly and Lee Killslake Leaky Mausoleum, Stephen Somerville, the Concerto 1999 fanatic, Hank the Tank, Private Eyes, Ashen Lionel, <laughs> Blackmore Tights, Steve Down to Earth, Kohler, Zwapper the Electric Alchemist, Andres Engstrom, Ashley Still I Hear, Burn Rose, and... I see DC. Thank you for joining us at the one pound made up name tier. Thank you so much. All right. Well, there you have it, folks. Living loud live in Australia. We'll have to get back together again and do the album. Not next week, but (laughs) give it, give it some time to, to marinate with the live show. 
And uh, oh, definitely. And at any rate, like I said, we have to wait less long to uh, if if you if you have any uh, recommendations, Scott, or any any Zeppelin crossovers or whatever you want to do. If there's a if there's a, a Sublime and Deep Purple connection, we're not aware of. Let us know. I, I, I'm not to my knowledge. No, there's not. But I'm always on the lookout for any ways I can just weasel my way into the podcast. I, I, I really enjoy what you guys do, and uh, I'm happy and honored to be a part of it. And it's great. Every now and again, every 180 shows or however often it is. And we did. Um, uh, thanks to uh, Craig Smith for sending the DVD. I really appreciate it. It was a really big help. Had a little bit of trouble finding it, so really appreciate his help. Uh, and we did also try to enlist... Um, my cousin Jeff to join us, but he was just, we've known him for a long time. So when he's just like, no, thanks. We're like, I'm not going to press it. <laughs> he respectfully denied. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. He's like, nope. <laughs> well, that sounds kind of disrespectfully denied. I don't know. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't mince words. He's like, Hey, you want to be on the show? No. Okay, cool. <laughs> no. Nope. He was so unimpressed. Yeah. Well, I figured that would be the perfect, like, uh, you know, the four of us were all, you know, listening to listening to Ozzy around the same time and really into it. And, you know, some permutation. It was always a safe album to put on or whatever. But, yeah, he mm-hmm. wasn't having it. So maybe next time. Have you ever have you ever done just the Ozzy albums or is that a little too far afield? From yeah, we the, did. Uh, we did do the no, first two. Yeah. We had Nick from uh, Pot of Thunder okay. on. Yeah. Oh, so, maybe. I, yeah, I, probably I think you, I think you listen to them. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Isn't that why we think that most of our listeners don't like Ozzy? Is is because his albums are like top of the heap? Yeah, (laughs) on on the Deep Purple podcast, we're giving away fives to all of these. Yeah, Mm. yeah, can't help it. I know. Sorry, you got to go with your gut. (laughs) True, but yeah, Scott, thanks for joining us, man. Always a always a pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. Nate, John, appreciate it. Always good to see you guys, and would be good to see you in person sometime soon. Yeah, who knows when. And when did yeah, not, not Chicago another Nate, I'll see you episodes. on Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> no, sooner than that. Sooner yes. than that. I said not another 180. Yeah. Every right. and every time you're in Chicago, you're in Chicago for like 12 hours and like I'm working it's or something. Not ideal. Like, you've been in Chicago like nine times since I lived here. And I think you've only stopped by once because it's like there's always something going on. Once. But yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll make it happen again. Nice. When did I when's the last time we mm-hmm. saw each other? Last summer, right? Last summer we hung out. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so there you go. We're, we're all good. There you go. All right. Well, <laughs> thank you so much. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And we'll be at you next week with a new exciting topic or review or something. I don't even know what the hell it's going to be, but we'll figure yeah. it out. And we'll see you then. Later. Hey. Bye-bye. Life's too, life's too short for silent nights, so keep living loud. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> wow. Thank you for listening to the Deep Purple Podcast. If you like what you hear and would like more episodes in the future, please donate on Patreon to support the show. You can also leave us a review in Apple Podcasts to help new people discover the show. You can follow us on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook for show updates. See deeppurplepodcast.com for more details. Thank you for listening. Yeah, what what was it? Cliff Barnes? What's his name? Jimmy Barnes. <laughs> Jimmy Barnes. Hey, Cliff Barnes. We'd have to send you a postcard with his name on it. <laughs>